five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice coming to you after a very tiring weekend. You might hear it in said voice, joined virtually by Omni at Omnistripe and Sam at another Sam Chan. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Just as we thought, 2020 couldn't get any worse. Hello. Oh, it's... I could barely hear what you're saying. I'm still sleepy. <laughs> Well, you know, there are uh, different implications, but for me, it was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're you know, spoiler alert, already, you know, letting the cat out of the bag. This weekend was rough. I mean, if you're a Vancouver Titans fan, um, it, we knew it was going to be sort of rough getting into it because of, you know, the start time of these matches. Um, if you happen to, like myself and, and others, either get up, uh, watch, or stay up late and watch, uh, it was rough. It was just lots of roughness. But hey, you have a podcast to listen to, so hopefully that'll make it just a, a little bit better, right? Sure will. The uh, episode itself, we're going to actually recap what went down this weekend, give our thoughts on on what possibly we need to, to think about going into whenever it is that Vancouver Titans play next, because we actually don't know. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, discord, you could say, in Titans discord. I'll address that. And then as far as the Overwatch League is concerned, there's a whole lot that's been going on uh, on the Overwatch side, both the League and the game. So without any further ado, let's go directly to the payload. Moving the payload! Join me! Let's not beat around the bush. The Vancouver Titans went into this weekend against the Charge and the Hunters, and I would say two out of three of us suggested that the Vancouver Titans would win two matches. One of us said they'd win one. All three of us were wrong because they lost both. I got up real early to take in that first match on what would have been first thing Saturday morning only to watch the Vancouver Titans get rolled and rolled hard. In fact, in our, our sort of show notes, the rundown that I put together, my notes were Titans v. Charge sucked hard. 3-0 loss. That's right. They got swept. And it was bad. Yeah. Um, just to, to create that sort of dialogue, and we are going to go deep into both games, I'd actually say that I like this game more for the Titans than I did for the the, the one uh, that they played against the Hunters, and I'll get down to it. Just just to clarify, when I got up for the game, it was uh, two fifty five, and I thought like, oh great, I'm 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 gonna be proactive. I'll wake up five minutes before that. I'm setting up the TV. I'm turning it on. I'm like, lo and behold, it's full sky, and we're down o two. I'm like. Is this a rerun? No, it can't be a rerun because <laughs> obviously it's the Titans who are playing the charge and getting killed. So, like you said, it was rough. Especially this like last map was horrible, horrible, horrible. Happy just served us a, a, a nice sandwich of of of, uh, of a snowball sandwich, and they just rolled <laughs> us on on all sky. But today I had to do the the, the horrific task of, of rewatching that game proper. 
And uh, Titans minus Haxall, they got their first taste of, taste of hero pulls and it wasn't really pretty. But should we go into the game right now? What do you guys think? Yeah, let, think. let's let's Thanks talk. Thanks for about taking one for the team, though. Yeah, <laughs> rewatching that. That's but painful. but no, like like you know how last week we had talked about you guys had the genius idea of staying up later or you were going to go to bed early and then <laughs> do some nonsense. So the funniest thing is like I I was the one with the plan of I'm going to watch the VOD the next morning, right? Yeah. And you guys remember me saying that. The funniest part is I was binge watching Crash Landing on you on Netflix. Pretty good show, by the way, as long as you get through the first two episodes. An aside. But I actually fell asleep at like 2.45 a.m. So so in theory, I could have watched the match because I then woke up at nine the next morning to avoid all the social media. Groggy is all hell. And 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 the the one thing I will say about watching VODs before we actually get to the match is it gives away how long the match is gonna be. So when mm-hmm. I saw the the VOD was like only an hour and three minutes, I was like, oh crap, this is gonna be a short one. Could go both ways. But we'll see. But and it's also again, I've slept for like five hours, so so you know we we then knew the results of that. So that's why I'm still sleepy. So I mean, yeah, I I got up early as I I talked about. I set my alarm for for two a.m. because I, I even told my wife she's like, wasn't it three? I'm like, no. Nah. My luck, the first match will go so quick that this one will start early, and I don't want to miss a moment of it. What's interesting is when I turned my TV on, it was essentially like two minutes before the next match started. Like that's how tight the time was. And we'll talk more about times a little bit later on. I had a cup of coffee after the first match because when the Titans lost that map, my instinct was this is going to be a long one. Yeah. Never in a million years did I think it would go that quick. Now, I should have been, you know, reacting with those spidey senses no hacksaw. That was that was a head scratcher, yeah, yeah. considering the the heroes that were available. And we also saw Rujehong start, mm-hmm. which okay, maybe not entirely out of the ordinary, but still a little strange. The Vancouver Titans looked well. They, I mean, they looked like one a team that hasn't played since right. you know 2015. They were so committed to whatever the game plan was that they had established that they didn't know even how to adapt. At one point, they were essentially rolling their crazy ball meta mm-hmm. into anti-ball. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing I don't get. Like you said, I, when I started re-watching it, fine. You you see lots of teams doing that thing. We saw that with the Shock. We saw that with Define just starting out with this uh, different lineup. A lot of teams like pr- pr- shuffle around uh, their their uh, uh, lineups, and uh, you'd expect to see Ryuji Hong play next to Slime, right? But we got that two uh, support, two flex supports, uh, w- which was fine, right? So we did expect the Chengdu game to be, uh, uh, sorry, the Guangzhou charge game to be a little bit rougher, right? They are the two and three team, I believe their um, record was at the time, and. Going into the first map, right, I actually thought that Salmon Su played really, really well. His Doom was getting lots of picks, and it felt like uh, we actually have something going on here with the, with this dive. So we get that first map pretty nicely, uh, despite them playing like a better, uh, I think it was Sanctum in Nepal, but we got that clutch retake, which the Titans are so famous for. Like, we our bread and butter is to win these fights that normally we mm-hmm. shouldn't. Uh, but then, you know, as, as the map progressed, they, they pulled out, right, we were playing this uh, divey comp, they, they bring out the Hog and Orissa, 
right? The charge do. And John, who just gets abused time and time again, uh, the map was the second map was still pretty close, but we couldn't. It, it could have it could have gone either way. We had that famous ninety nine to ninety nine, so we were up one zero, and we almost took that second map. So had this uh, first Nepal map went the you know our way, it could have gone a little bit different. But you know, Titans are rusty, um, and, and the decisive map we we kind of got uh, killed at the end, but they never switched. And that brings us to your point. Like, what's going on? Why is it going? Uh, why are they doing this during Nepal? No adjustments. Maybe they were overcommitted to those uh, picks from Samensu. I'm not sure. Ball, maybe it's a good good uh, position to just alt. Maybe that's what they ran in, in you know, in those uh, uh, scrims. But then they go to Eichenwald, right? And and they match like double shield versus double shield. I believe they played like Sigma or, or Rhinoris and we went sigma sigma orissa but basically the same composition and while some of the fights were tight we 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 finished well we finished really well they didn't even get to castle right so it seems good for us and we basically stitch pops off on attack and we had four and a half freaking minutes to push just to the bridge and it, it almost three times we got like uh, a crucial first pick, but somehow they got it back. They just seemed to be more coordinated. They had more co- follow-up and they positioned better, which obviously they should have had, right? Because they, they already played. They are not coming off of this huge ass, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> huge, uh, I talked about donkey, right? So <laughs> they had a big break and the travel back to Korea. So Titans had this rust on top, but Volskaya, and that's when I woke up. They 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 handed me this great great uh, uh, map to watch. Happy just went nuts on us, and Janu should have gone hog, I think, at this point. And Ruja Hong, there's there was a point there that kind of exemplified what what I'm talking about. There was a point right at the beginning where Tracer was flanking, Happy was going behind. And um, Salmons was trying to avoid him. He did a good maneuver. He just uh, leaped into the room. And he was there (laughs) with Brig and with Twilight on the Zen. And they didn't even heal him. He just got rocked by by, uh, um, Happy. And everything just fell apart. And there was a huge uh, Charlie Niner there on the attack to top it off. But I think that's when they maybe started tilting and this map was was horrible for them and they lost kind of what at once uh Samsu got picked that badly everything cr- came crashing down so while it was a 3-0 and when i woke up to watch that last map it looked like what the hell is going on we're just we're a trash team that's 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 the thought that i went to to bed with but after re-watching it i think like first two maps could have gone our way unfortunately they they haven't and we weren't we weren't the better team. That's not what I'm trying to, to say. But it was close enough for us to maybe clutch it out. And Stitch was actually surprising to me. And and Salmonsu was actually pretty good. Um, while we are going to talk, obviously, about the big Haxel question, I think like Salmonsu and Stitch were pretty good, uh, considering like, they weren't great, but they were better than what I saw from Janu specifically. Uh, Twilight was playing poorly, and and that was really shocking to me because they are really the solid pieces that we that you always that you can always count on being, uh, you know, solid or or like great actually. Um, but it, it just wasn't it. 
Well, you know, you, you, you sort of say like Nepal was winnable. It definitely yeah. was. But the thing that really was striking to me is that the Vancouver Titans got that sort of first uh, round win despite themselves. Like, it's right. like, oh my goodness, how did they pull that one out of the bag? And this, I think, goes to what we saw from the Vancouver Titans uh, last year and, and even maybe earlier this season, where despite themselves, they were still able to sort of clutch out a win. This weekend specifically, but Saturday, they relied on that and it didn't work. Eichenwald, you're right, another winnable map. In fact, they should have yeah. one Eichenwald, but that bridge tripped them up. Um, you look at Volskaya, where they had what looked to be a solid hold on defend, crumble, and then next thing you know, you know, game over. I mean, Volskaya was representative of the entire weekend, right? Yeah. yeah. Just a snowball crumble. Like, I actually thought the, the best map of Fisher's weekend was that second map on Nepal. I forgot the name. But he, he had a really strong play there that I'm, I'm trying to pull back because this was, you know, 9.20 in the morning, pre-coffee, uh, something like that. But he had a really strong play, and I was like, hey, he's showing us something. But, yeah. like, I think I think we do need to bring up the, the tank line. Um, I would say it's not entirely on them. I... You know, we've seen many bumper games. We've seen many Janu games. And part of the reason that we've always said they were so successful is because they were so well supported. And this weekend, Fisher was not supported. At the same time, it looked a lot of times like Fisher was, you know, on different comms altogether and just kind of doing his own thing. But but at the same time, like, I didn't see the kind of support that, that our main tanks usually get. Um, and that kind of has a cascading effect. And it was just, it's just so weird because I know in the preseason, we like, I dreamed of like Ruje Hong Twilight combos, but I did not expect it to come on a week where Anna is banned. So, like, that was like the strangest part to me, right? Like, one of them's got to be playing Anna, right? <laughs> like, like, Good it's, point. it's just point. so strange. And, and I think it just, it, it kind of goes to show you, like, do we have a lack of depth problem? Because, because both Janu and and I'd say Twilight and of course Ruji Hong as well by extension, like they didn't have their comfort picks, right? This is not to say they can't play mm-hmm. other things, but they didn't have their comfort picks that they could fall back on. How many times have we seen like Janu start on Sigma and then you know worst comes to worst pulls back up the Diva always well, screw the meta or whatever. Um, same thing, same thing with Twilight, right? Like he'll go on the Moira or whatever, and then he'll just say uh, bleep it. Uh, let's go, Anna. Whatever, meta be damned. Um, and I don't know if it's that lack of fallback that that like messed with their mentals a bit. I'm very much just guessing out here, but it, it just just it just seems so strange that like how how badly hero bands seem to affect us, um, but not so much in terms of like coordination because like I think by then they have a game plan. They they stuck with the Zarya. They stuck with like I think they had a Brig thing going on for a bit, and it was just. I don't know. Like, like the other question I'll throw over to you guys is, is like, who's our best Zarya on the team? Well, so and so. Yeah. Who, who would you say is the best Brig on the team? Well, that Haxall. would be Haxall. And yet we didn't 
we played both those characters, but we didn't play either of those guys at those positions. Mm-hmm. So that's just like a little bit. It's more coaching question marks, which is like, you know, this is starting to become like a rocket launcher. We're launching by John's way. But but these these questions are are valid, in my opinion. Like, well, just why? Well, so to the coaching point on, on I'll, I'll look at the support. Yes, Haxel is the better brig. But if you need to go and put someone in who's going to maybe start as a brig, but then need to pivot onto a Lucio or uh, Zan or more or whomever, I'm sure Haxel could play those characters, but that's where they're, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. However, you raise a point on, on off tank. If we're going to go and play Azaria, we know that SMS, if need be, can go and, and pivot to other off tank roles. Yeah. He's not going to be a, a, a Janu, but I see there being greater opportunity for that adjustment to be made mid match. But you know, we've <laughs> been dancing around this. There was no hacksaw. Yeah. Both like, are related to, to the hacksaw question. Yeah. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I have no issue having a stitch or an SMS in like, in fact, you know, we were talking about this, uh, uh, over the course of the week, who's going to you know be playing. And I presumed it would be Haxel stitch simply because we, we saw Reaper out of the picture. So when we saw SMS and stitch come in, it's like, what? And then, okay, maybe, you know, whatever the heck they had as a game plan going into the first map. Oh, okay. Yeah. I tried something out. It didn't work. Still no Haxel. And then they lose an Eichenwald. Well, okay, now they're down 2-0. Reverse sweep territory. Haxel's coming in. I'm going to be less nicer than you. And How did you phrase it? Um, you tried to justify uh, why we expected to see Haxel. You gave this, uh, well, we you tried to bring up a hero. You know what? I expect to see Haxel because it's Haxel. <laughs> right? If you see the Los Angeles Lakers not play LeBron James for two games in a row, nobody's saying why. There's an issue there. Well, you know, the scuttlebutt that has been occurring is of two minds. One, is there a possibility of an injury? Or two, is there a possibility of a player personnel issue? Now, we don't know either one as being true or false because the Vancouver Titans as an organization believe it's best for everyone to already know the news before they come out and actually, quote unquote, announce the news. And I, I, I've been, you know, sitting on this for some time. I mean, and when I say sitting on this, it's not some juice that I'm about to share. It's that the Vancouver Titans um, ha- are under absolutely no obligation to share any insight and provide any information, yet seem to have no problem with us as a community having to sit there and figure things out on our own. Assume the worst. And assume, yeah, we're, we're assuming the worst. Like if, if Haxel's hurt, you know, why can't the Vancouver Titans say, yeah, he's, we're, we're giving him a week off or giving him two weeks. I mean, uh, look at, uh, we were going to uh, talk about a little bit there, but like Exy, I mean, he's going back to Korea because of uh, neck issues. Now, much more extreme, let's presume Haxel is like on the day to day, but I'm, I come from the world of traditional sports. As much as I hate how the Vancouver Canucks will go and say a player has an upper body injury or a lower body injury, or in the very special instances, say they have a body injury, because heaven forbid you have an out of body injury, <laughs> <laughs> at least it's an acknowledgement that there's something. Your keyboard is broken. It could happen in esports. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I, I was actually uh, chatting uh, with a, a mutual friend of mine saying, you know, 
in traditional sports, there is this sort of a, a, like a media pool that takes place. Some form of conversation it might be or, someone from the organization, a coach, it might be a player, but there is a conversation that takes place. And while some of the answers are cliche and they're not all that forthcoming, there are different topics that at least will be addressed at a high level. And with the Vancouver Titans, they just seem to be much more concerned about whatever it is they're concerned about, which isn't what we as a community might want. Now, back to the, the game itself. Yeah, no Haxall. No Haxall on Saturday, no Haxall on Sunday. Just your, one more your last best point. Best player isn't in. That's a problem. Yeah. We, before we leave the Haxall thing, uh, like you do see. For example, San Francisco Shock now plays Sinatra, who's the league MVP, is probably you know they're one of their best players. But we don't have that same situation that they do with, with having top talent depth in you know that huge depth over at DPS with players like Rascal or Architect that can do anything. That's why it's different. Before well, people say, "Well, uh, San Francisco Shock doesn't play Sinatra," well, you're right; they have a deep bench. But you know, I would it's it's the better than the replacement. You know, super. Mm-hmm. Let's use Super as an example. Is there any doubt that Super is, you know, top tier Ryan? I don't think so. Not at all. Of course not. Right? He's a pretty good main tank, but he's a top tier Ryan. Now, does that mean he is going to be in on in every meta? Well, no, because no. you have a Cheobin available. You have the potential of going to a, a Sinatra. You have a Smurf. You have top tier talent. I mean, when we talked about the Vancouver Titans, sort of as our, our post-season conversation evolved, we were talking under the presence that, oh, you've got Bumper, you've got Tizzy. The Vancouver Titans need a, a third, you know, main tank player, something to supplement. Then when the announcement was Tizzy was gone, but Fisher was in, we're like, wow, this is going to be pretty cool. Fisher and Bumper together. Oh, they still would be good to have another main tank, but you no, know, those two together would be, would be great. And they have Fisher. Like in you know DPS, we 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 talked about how DPS was an area that they needed to address, and they decided to run back who they had. This is not us saying that you know someone so or Stitch uh, aren't aren't good at what they do, but I don't see how, based on the hero pool that was available this past weekend, that Haxel does not make a map. And if you were to tell me, yeah, day to day, dealing with an injury health concern, whatever it might be. You can simply say it was a body injury for all I care. You know what? I'll accept that. That's, that's fine. I totally get it. You know, you need to be at the top, top of your game, the ability to play, but to simply go radio silent, it's either one, you don't care enough about the community to share that type of information and are more than willing to allow them to awfulize. Two, you actually have no clue as what's going on with your players somewhere in Korea because organizationally you are here in North America or three is that you actually just don't know. There's also a four. Maybe the, the situation is that bad that they just don't want to address it publicly. And, and yeah, I mean, I, that's like, yeah, you're right. Option four It is it is a, a fire. And ultimately we, we were trying to, you know, look something's, you know, flashing over there. Don't look here. yeah i I mean i'm sorry i'm I'm a little i'm I'm tilted for a variety of reasons i'm tired uh it's been a while since i saw the vancouver titans and i mean it's 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 just a cup of coffee at four in the morning or something god that was a mistake (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about this the sunday match uh titans versus hunters i in the notes i said titans v hunters sucked so you'll notice they didn't actually suck as hard but in 
I think it was Sam. You said the charge match. You or was it on the? You said the charge match was the better one. Yeah, than the I think so. Chengdu was a one in four team going into this map. Uh, well, into this match. Sure, but like records. I mean, uh, records yeah. aside, the Vancouver Titans at least looked capable against the hunters and maybe that's because the hunters weren't as good as the charge maybe to your point you're right but the vancouver titans won a won a map and then just got rolled like things fell apart they had absolutely no answer to anything that the the hunters threw their way they looked like a team that didn't really know what they wanted to do um at one point fisher just reset his alt as a rhyme <laughs> right like oh I'm, I'm not on ryan anymore no no go ryan oh, okay <laughs> Like things like this, these small little mistakes, they were quite consistent. And again, this may have to do with more on the coaching side, preparation, screaming, who knows? Vancouver Titans just look like uh, the team that RSP is going to put together this weekend. And we'll talk more about that in a short while. (laughs) You know, it's also the matter of this issue of moving to the Chinese region or uh, the Asian region, how you want to call it. I can use the Bane voice, like, you merely adapted the dog. I was born in it. So these guys are accustomed to playing a very crazy type of game. And we're just trying to, like, get a grip of this weird um, hero pools, uh, try a lot of things and and see what sticks. And Chengdu, it's their bread and butter. They're going to be better at that, no matter how much you try to match them. You always see them and other uh, teams in that region kind of bring other teams down to that type of approach. So maybe that was also an issue. Maybe we, we could have had better results. It's all speculation, but that's what we do best here, right? So that's why we, we do this pod in the first place. But mm, I, I noticed a lot of that in well, the game. And we okay. can't do it based on facts, right? Right. There was a map there. Ooh, which one that was? I think like Eichenwald, they played like 73 different heroes. Oh, so well, like, like Eichenwald against the the Hunters was... But before that, we started to talk about Busan, I think. Yeah, that was the first one. Well, I just wanted to sort of, to your point that they've they've gone to this new region, and Bren actually suggested uh, on on uh, on Twitter, uh, af- after watching the Vancouver Titans lose this weekend, he's like, I'm convinced this game is competitive because the Titans are the new kids on the block and haven't figured out Chengdu yet in scrims. Every other team beats Chengdu at their own game, so they're forced into the mirror match. Mm-hmm. Chengdu know they can drag Titans down to their level. And we've talked about this and how the Vancouver Titans historically are a team that has success when they force the opposition to adapt to them. Where the Vancouver Titans do not excel is when that role is reversed. That's when we actually see them start to fold and in fact tilt. Yeah. Was the Chengdu's lineup and matchups that out of the ordinary? Because I, I feel like it was some of it was very much predicted. Like I called the Fara pick probably four weeks ago. Yeah, the Fara pick, uh, the Wrecking Ball. <laughs> like Ahmed's been on Wrecking Ball forever. Like it's, right. it's, it's it's nothing. Like you could call me call maybe the Hanzo pick was so subnormal, but not even then, not really. The problem is that not every Farah is Jinmu, and not every Wrecking Ball you face is um, uh, Among. They're really good at what they do. And we're not really great at countering that. And when you face these two like top tier uh, at their picks, right? That's kind of problematic. So Busan, if we're talking about the, the 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 maps, this is like the one map that we 
uh, played really, really well. Stitch started again really, really good. And, and I just wanted to emphasize the fact that his Hanzo is nuts from, from the previous match, and I didn't mention that. But he was also pretty good on, on McCree, and he pl- outplays Leave in that first map. Fisher avoids death by a hair multiple times. Uh, and, and it's good to have Slime back in the lineup. His Lucio is really good. Yeah. So, then, so the, uh, you know, on the note of Slime coming back in, no Jehong, what was different about Chengdu? that was different like again this is this a coaching decision do you think is this the we have a a game plan we're going to go in oh it didn't work so let's adjust like i you know we saw time and time again that the vancouver titans on saturday were resistant to the idea that lucio should be in the in the game oh yeah i think they definitely adjusted there but but then why doesn't an adjustment happen mid-match on saturday Mm. like I, i get that you try something but you need to be able to go and adjust and they they kept running back the same six Maybe. map over map over map, and then on Sunday they did the exact same thing. They saw a little bit of joy early on, and then it just it all went to heck. Maybe slime was AFK on Saturday. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. reach him. Gave him a you know maybe right. Yeah, there was a lot of similarities to that previous game. There was another uh, situation like with. Eichenwald is a weird map. Uh, we did have, like, we had good picks. And usually once you, you lose one, it's so um, favored towards the attacker on that first map. So that far, it took a, a while, a lot of resources and attention from the Titans to to take down, to mitigate. That probably what took the focus down. Um, their Doomfist and Wrecking Ball were really hard for the Titans to address. Well, okay, on Eichenwald, though, the Vancouver Titans should have won Eichenwald. I, I'm sorry, but they they mm. actually had an epic hold. Right. And in the final seconds, when the the Hunters decided to, to roll everything out, you can actually tell. So Aming gets gets by. He's in ball, and he's flying by. Yeah. So the, they... Vancouver, the Vancouver Titans concede that, okay, he's gotten past us now. And you can almost tell there's some indecision as to what we need to do. They've all gone on into this room and that indecision then has them some go back to the, the point to challenge, which they weren't really needing to do so right away. I, the, there was still quite some distance to, to travel. Yeah. I Another didn't realize portion, that, that hamsters had nine lives, but you know, and, and the other half of the Titans are still stuck in this small little room. So here you have a six V five advantage with a, you know, a hamster just driving a payload for a short period of time. Instead, you decide to give up your six V five advantage of a team who needs to, they need a challenge. Like the, you know what the hunters are looking to do. They're coming straight up the gut to get to the point, to have the fight there. The Vancouver Titans, instead of again, forcing the issue are like, yeah, let's, let's go fight on the payload. And what do we see happen? Well, we start to see boops happen. I think there were three different boops uh, that that took place. Mm. Um, Next thing you know, it's game over. Like the Vancouver Titans, instead of dictating the play, decided to either one, break apart, or two, uh, let's adapt to what Chengdu is, is, you know, showing us. And I think Sam, you know, raised a good point as to what might have gone wrong on Saturday. Was that, were they even in the same, you know, comms channel? Yeah. It's they're being reactive instead of proactive. We we constantly talked about it last year in goats. Maybe it's Haxel's role to just lead. He was the, you know how you call it the spearhead, the shot caller. Yeah, maybe yeah. because I I can't see for the life of me how 
how does this team not follow up on this six versus five advantage? It was, you know, baffling. I, th- I think was, what's so frustrating is just that this is what the Titans are known for. This is their their <laughs> yeah. branding, right? Is synergy, is is teamwork, is their ability to move as a unit. That's why they are able to make clutch plays. Yeah, that hive mind. Exactly. That's exactly what we talked about. And I think what's so disappointing is it doesn't feel like we've taken half a step back, which we might have predicted having to put in new members at the beginning of the year. It feels like we've taken four steps back. And and I think that right now, why you know the world is crumbling in, in Titans Court is because like this is the worst case scenario that we predicted when we brought mm. our two new members on is like, oh no, synergy isn't there. Yeah. Uh, Fisher needs too much resources. Ruji Hong doesn't have a role. Um, and that actually disrupts like, and we still don't have the the extra DPS that we were so hoping for in the off season. Like all of those, you know, things, all those skeletons are all coming true at the exact same time. And it just happens that it's the very first game back after basically three months off and everything's different hero bands is new online play is new we didn't even mention about the ping excuse um even though you know it's on both sides right but just the fact that they're having to get used to that a little bit later than some of the other teams could have an effect and but that's all these things are is their excuses and and i think why we're all so frustrated and sitting here with our hands up is because we know they can be better Um, we've seen it individually as a team. Like, even if we want to bash Fisher all day, like we've seen him hard carry teams and on, on Saturday and Sunday, when we needed a hard carry, he was the one that was dying first in all the team fights. I'd say the closest thing we had to a hard carry, what was stitch. And I think that like, if there's one takeaway that we can take away from this, this very, very groggy and frustrating weekend, it is stitch. Like he was very solid on the Hanzo. He was very solid on the McCree. He was. Oh, he did he get beat. good on Hanzo. He looked yeah. great on Hanzo. He did get beat by Happy on on the Tracer one v one. But other than that, like I'd say, this was a very successful weekend for Stitch individually. Agreed. I can't say the same for for pretty much everybody else on the team. I think his Hanzo was even better than mine, to be honest. Mm. That's that's high getting, praise. Uh, really, really good picks. Yes. But yeah, we we made a lot of assumptions. I think the two most the safest assumptions is there's Rust. And there was tilt. So what 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 was the percentage? What's the ratio of tilt and rust we had? It fluctuated between different maps. Yeah. Well, well, Sky I- was another terrific example of this entire weekend. It was super chaotic, right? But we 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 did see some clutch fights from the hunters. But the time was so favorable for us. Uh, but then we were flustered by this double shield, and and for some reason we had so much like momentum going in on attack. We had a lot of time, but they didn't switch off of Salmon Sue on Tracer. I don't know why they thought it was a good idea, but <laughs> they did. And it didn't work again and again and again. It's like head against the wall, head against the wall. Well, I know I, that some walls Tracer can blink through, but not this one. Well, that, that patch hadn't quite rolled out yet. No. Um, the the answer, though, Haxel. If Haxel was in that, if he, was in un- he is an untracer, right? I mean, if you're going to go and try to dive, essentially... He's on Genji. And I, I know that the Anna Nano isn't there and the ability to, you know, spot heal a distant Genji isn't, isn't, isn't as possible, but I just feel that the Hoxall solution when paired with stitch against a team like the hunters made much more sense. That's not me knocking SMS. It's just that SMS is, you know, top hero is, is not available. Yeah. Uh, we but forget like, that Hoxall can play Farah too. 
It can yeah. play Far. It can play Doom. It can play um, uh, May. Like he, he, it's just the versatility that that was that was missing um, for the Vancouver Titans on on both days, uh, and arguably it's what what cost them. Ah, I'm I'm just I'm I'm fired up. If you haven't figured that out already, I am I'm Steve. <laughs> I I need a rest. Thankfully, the Vancouver Titans don't play this weekend, and because the Overwatch League schedule is essentially announced the you know from a week to week basis, they might play in two weeks. We don't know, but. You know, yeah. need to tune in. And Do you think we all would you. be less cranky if the game wasn't in the middle of the night? Uh, we'd probably be less cranky. I think, you know, if the Vancouver Titans had won, we'd probably still be cranky. Mm-hmm. Just not as like, this was, it was a culmination of a whole lot of crazy. Like I, I actually shared on, on, on RSP social, uh, you know, the, at the 3am I'm like, I wonder how many people Vancouver Titans fans are waking up to tune into this and are like, what the heck just happened? And why is it over five minutes later? Like <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely be less cranky if I actually if the game started on time. Well, see, okay, and this is this is sort of the point that I, I want to address. And I, I've been giving it some thought because someone in Titans Cord, um, or am I in RSP Cord? I'm sorry, at that time in the morning, it's a blur, had commented that the Vancouver Titans match was definitely not appointment viewing. And I had sort of commented, well, it can't be appointment viewing when you make an appointment and it's already done when you show up. <laughs> but we got to consider the Overwatch League is what is appointment viewing. And what I mean by that is Activision Blizzard expects that we as Overwatch League fans tune in to watch all the teams play. So Dude, it's the middle of the night. Well, no, but that's, they don't <laughs> care. Like that's not the concern of the Overwatch League. But this is, this is the struggle. Like in the traditional sports world, if there is a double header, the expectation is that you'll probably be in the stands for both games. Why? Because it's the same two teams that are playing. So that why if that second game starts early or late, it matters not because most of the people are already in their seats. But when we start to look at tournament play, that's when teams kick off and start whatever match it is at the appointment time that is scheduled. So what we saw this weekend is an example of what I think is wrong with the Overwatch League based on this model where they want to embrace regional areas, especially considering the Vancouver market has to make some tough decisions as to whether or not we wish to tune in. And I'm a content creator who's solely focused on the Vancouver Titans. And I'm telling you right now, I don't know if I'm going to bother myself yeah. to stay up late or wake up early to watch the Titans play if I can't make that work from a scheduling perspective. This is not a Vancouver Titans problem. This is an Overwatch League problem, and I don't think they, as a league, care too much. They have other things that they want to sort out. And if this is the reality, it is the reality. I'll just go, well, wake up, I'll judge the VOD. <laughs> I'll maybe fast forward through it just so that I can speak to it to week over week. But that that's not good for this league. It's not good for the community. And it, it further worries me that with everything as it is, it shouldn't be as hard for us as diehard fans who want to watch the Vancouver Titans play win or lose when we can't even go and set our watch and know that, oh, when we turn in the, the, you know, stream on that they'll be there. That it's not going to be in your case, Omni. Yeah, that, done. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and and I I got to watch the worst map too. And who knows? Maybe the Titans themselves were asleep. We don't get webcam feeds. 
That's true. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they were. Who's playing? I want proof. Yeah, I actually looked in in the middle middle of the match to see like what time is it in Korea? Are they as sleepy as we are? Because it definitely <laughs> feels that way. Well, the way those kids streaming schedules work, it, they very well could be. Like, yeah. it, it, I mean, earlier today, uh, Haxel was streaming Minecraft, mm-hmm. and that would have been middle of the night in Korea. He's still in uh, Pacific time. That's why he couldn't play. That's right. Oh, so hold, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, that's hold that thought, we'll, we'll come back to Haxel. I have something for you guys at the end that I'm saving up. But like on on the note about the Overwatch League, like they need to be concerned. I never miss a good Overwatch League bashing. Like they <laughs> had less views than I'm not talking about Valorant. They had less views than Call of Duty League this weekend. That's little brother. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, Call of Duty League has one advantage. They're playing yeah. NA times to an NA audience that wants to tune in. The Overwatch League is spread so thin. Like the Vancouver Titans, they have a following internationally. But as a team, they're trying to market themselves to the Pacific Northwest. Like how many people in the Pacific Northwest are going to, the casual fans, going to get up that early or stay up that late? 1am maybe. Like it was it was easier for me to stay up for the Hunters match as is. It started at 1 a.m. It was a, that was appointment viewing, um, but it, it's just I'm sorry. It I hate to say it, it ruined my weekend. And that's not the loss. The loss was unfortunately the cherry on top of a bad weekend. But I lacked sleep. Um, I wasn't entirely happy with obviously everything that went down. And then there's all these other issues that are that are going on. Yeah, I was busy playing uh, Final Fantasy Remake until like it was very very late, and then I thought, mm, yeah, I should catch some sleep. Mm-hmm. Should just stay like, like the two hour nap thing. Yeah, pretty much. I thought I like because I wanted to sleep after the match too. So, anywho, uh, Titans lost this weekend. We don't know when they play next. And I did <laughs> allude to the fact that there might be some Discord in Titans Discord. What are we talking about? Well, uh, today we're recording on our normal uh, time, which is a Tuesday. And this goes live on Wednesday. But the Vancouver Titans uh, have a number of players who have dropped the Titans from their username. Now, if you're a part of Titans Court, all Titans staff, uh, and as well the players until today, had Titans and then their username. It just, that was sort of for consistency. Earlier today, uh, someone noticed that Twilight was no longer Titans Twilight. He had just changed his username to Twilight, all caps. Shortly after that, Slime did that, and Ed Somonsu did that. Uh, last I checked, Janu was still a Titans Janu. Um, Fisher, Jaehong, they're not even part of Titans Discord, though from what I understand, <laughs> they're still part of the Soul Dynasty Discord. Um, and, and you know, Haxal, he was around, but he wasn't online in Discord. But I mean, what does it really matter? The, the, the players don't interact in Discord, so they're just there. They might see the conversations that take place. Well, at least most, not Somansu, because he hasn't actually selected a language and therefore I don't think he can actually see any of the channels. But this, again, is unrest. This is a, a, a Titans community that is concerned with, with things that are going on with absolutely no communication from the organization on. Yeah. And suddenly you start seeing players changing their names. And why is this of concern? Uh, Repel, Bumper, and I believe Hurig was the other one. They all removed Titans from their name, and then suddenly they were no longer Titans. Yeah. Can you blame the community for being on the edge? I don't think so. 
Like we're, we're awfulizing, we're reading into it. Um, I know I had actually commented on it and saying like, it could be that they're just, you know, adjusting their name, like, you know, and who knows, you know, someone actually sort of big brained it thought, oh, maybe they're, they're actually seeing the conversation or having a little fun trolling a little, it could very well be. I mean, it's a, it's a cool troll, uh, but the opportunity <laughs> for this type of thought process and conversation exists because the organization doesn't really care. Or if they do, they don't know what to do about it. Or if they do care and they do know what they want to do about it and they're doing nothing again that's all still a problem the the weird thing is that you actually need to go actively remove that part of your username like why would you go and make that like, well step, it, it, that it, it could be something because their usernames aren't tight so and so i imagine discord it's probably yeah. something else they've mm. changed it so it could be a username reset like that does happen you know I, I'm not trying to read into the usernames. And if it was the only thing, it would be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But it's just the culmination of all sorts of issues. And here's just another one to, to light that fire. Yep. I'll know I've made it when I change my username and drop the RSP and you guys all speculate. Oh, oh whatever. We'll, <laughs> you'll you'll hear about it on the podcast first. <laughs> man, I mean, that, this is where we are at, man. Like, I don't know. To me, it's still crazy, but I I understand where you guys are coming from. But <laughs> can't, we, we, we're here talking about <laughs> usernames, man. Usernames. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. <laughs> What a year, man. What a year. It's, it's, a, we're making uh, a mountain out of not even a molehill, a little bump <laughs> out of the ground that a worm has pushed up some soil. But the, would this be an issue if there was content? And I'm not knocking the, the, the org, you know, the Tristans, the Sams, the, the Roberts, the, the Connors and all them. They're creating the content that's available to them. But there's just so many things. Like I shared in our, our patron chat in our discord, um, the Toronto defiant actually have a content creator on staff Carcu, and he is creating content, uh, talking about, you know, you know, map strategy and things of that sort. Wouldn't that be cool to have something like that? Having someone in the community to do that. I mean, Hey, the Vancouver Titans, you want ideas. There is one hire someone that can do that for you. Other teams have had it like hell. If Defran can have a job with the rain, Let's go, dude. <laughs> and I saw a good for a friend, but like, why not have someone that can do that for you? Heck, XQC is available. Oh my God. Hey. That would definitely bring in the views. <laughs> well, no, it would definitely give us something to talk about too. But, <laughs> but that's the struggle, right? Like, I don't know if they're reliant on us as a, as a podcast to talk about them, but if we weren't, who would? Do you have your resume ready though? I, maybe I should. Wait, am I, are we becoming a, a shock podcast? Like, what's going hey, on? Hey, we are a walking resume at this point. That is that is true. We'll put we'll clip that and put that on the first page. Yeah. Well, talking about uh, silliness and maybe having our, our resumes available uh, this weekend, actually on Friday night, uh, us here at Team RSP, we're going to be taking on uh, Timber Flynn Concepts. Now, if you don't know who Timber Flynn Concepts is, that's actually uh, Timber Flynn. Uh, he is a mod in Titans Cord. He creates some of the uh, killer graphics that you've seen in the Titans community, uh, primarily jersey designs and such. He's actually created an RSP jersey uh, that I, I one day will actually sit down and figure out how we can actually 
get created so you, our community, can support RSP. But uh, Timber is getting a crew together, um, and he's going to take us on uh, in a uh, essentially Overwatch League rules best of five. Uh, we're not going to do uh, hero pools because, you know, for us, we just want to have fun. Plus, uh, Timber and I both want to play Ryan, and uh, as we're going to talk about uh, this upcoming week, uh, Ryan's a no-go. So uh, in this battle of these two behemoths, uh, we're going to have a little fun, and we hope to bring it to you live on Twitch. We need to work out the logistics, but Sam has graciously volunteered to uh, commentate. Commentate. Then, uh, friend, yeah, friend of the show, <laughs> Schmidt Storm, has also uh, graciously uh, talked to uh, to commentate and cast. We just, yeah, we just have to figure out how you can actually go forth and do that. That's okay. Are you, I, I, I commentate these Titans games blind anyway. Are you <laughs> going to bring back that deep voice that you uh, had last week? I don't know. I, I, I regressed after last week. <laughs> but you'll want to mark your calendars. Tune in twitch.tv slash ready, set, pwn, 8 p.m. Pacific on Friday night. Uh, it's just going to be good, crazy fun. Uh, we're already starting to talk smack. Uh, and, uh, you know, winner takes all the props on the street. Because I don't know what we're playing for. Just have fun. And after the weekend that we've just had, I think Titan, the Titans community... We need to have a little fun. I get dibs on Echo. <laughs> you got it. You got the to, mic. Yeah, you're gonna have to fight someone for it, from what I understand. But uh, yes, please tune in. Uh, let us know how it goes. You can see how bad of a Reinhardt I happen to be. Oh. I, you know, I talk myself down each and every week, so you get to actually tune in live to see it happen. Don't worry, I'll mimic the other Ryan, and we'll have two on our team. But you and <laughs> you and Fisher are the same because Stitch couldn't carry either of you. <laughs> oh. oh, burn! Oh, I have nothing to say uh, to come back to that. So let's take a quick break and uh, go into the fray. Considering the way the weekend went and the fact that uh, I stayed up late uh, both nights or woke up, I guess, early, the first one, uh, I didn't actually see much Overwatch League action outside of what the Vancouver Titans uh, turned in. But going through Saturday, the Hangzhou Spark beat the Chengdu Hunters 3-0, which is why the Vancouver Titans versus Guangzhou Charge match started so early. Then later in the day, the Philadelphia Fusion beat the Paris Eternal 3-2. The Houston Outlaws beat the Boston Uprising 3-1. And the Dallas Fuel beat the Washington Justice 3-0. On Sunday, we already know that Chengdu Hunters beat the Vancouver Titans 3-1. The Shanghai Dragons beat the Guangzhou Charge 3-0. The Houston Outlaws beat the Toronto Defiant 3-2 in a reverse sweep. Philadelphia Fusion beat the Atlanta Reign 3-2. And the San Francisco Shock beat down the Gladiators 3-0 in a rematch. So as far I, as... Yeah. The matches to watch. Uh, Omni, I have no idea why you wanted Dallas Washington because that hey, sucked. You forgot last week's pod. I, I was hoping to see the the Torb again, but I didn't, <laughs> which sucked. Like Doha is a good player, but it wasn't worth my time. I watched these g- games anyway, but like the last time I'm picking the Justice team to watch. <laughs> 
ever. The lack of Torb was very disappointing. Um, and then the two of you actually said you should watch the Shock Glads because, you know, why not? And I'll concede the 3-0 score I would not have predicted. I would have thought yeah. it had been a lot closer you considering know what? how we've seen the two play. I think it was the closest 3-0 I've ever seen. Definitely this year. Like, both teams... Uh, I, yeah, Shock looked better, but they had so many like three fours, uh, uh, two ones in that map. It was going back and forth, back and forth for all, all the time. Shock looked pretty good again. Uh, you know what though? Sinatra wasn't playing. I think him and Haxel they should like form their own team, just destroy the entire league. Coquitlam's <laughs> looking for a new pro team. Yeah, <laughs> the Coquitlam Bears, right? They're already visiting you there. That's right. Coquitlam Bears, I'll be the team captain. I'll be the runner of this team. You guys can live at my place in self-quarantine. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I can't speak to any of the matches, as I mentioned. I didn't watch any. The Titans messed up my entire sleep schedule and weekend. I was I was spent, and I was angry. I didn't need to, you know, Philly Atlanta take was that good. out. The, I, I think... The Sunday, I mean, I'm looking at the score. The Sunday was obviously the the better of the two days. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel for the Defiant. <laughs> I, I feel for the Defiant too, but I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, we're going to talk about this, but the Toronto Defiant lose three two, getting reverse swept, and their head coach retires. Is uh, it now the 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 Sam Chan curse? <laughs> Hey man, I've been consistent since day one. If sure. they had a curse, it's not my problem. Oh my goodness, did someone just explode? I think one of my uh, Rubik's cube fell from the desk. Oh, I, th- I would have guessed <laughs> it was Jack. No, it's actually not Jack. It's my my knee. No, you know what? Buddy. It was Jack. It, it was my fault. It wasn't my fault. Jack, no, bad boy. Yeah, but about the define, like obviously, I did not watch this match. So everything I say is just trolling anyway. But like I saw this tweet going up. Um, I fr- I think it was maybe Halo, Halo Thoughts. It's mentioning like, oh, the Definer hope that they can play online forever because, you know, they've been having a lot of success, you know, quotations, uh, since, you know, they've we've gone, you've taken the games online and they looked a lot better. And I think at the time they were up 2-0. And I was like, huh, Defiant win again, interesting. Well, they are playing the Outlaws. And then the next thing I know, the final score is you see GG's yeah. and, and you see the 3-2 score set. And that that actually made my, I wouldn't say day, but it made my hour. So yeah. thank you, Defiant, for giving me a little bit of joy from the Overwatch community this weekend. Do you know that uh, video, YouTube video about the Cleveland tourism coming down to Cleveland today? Cleveland. Have you ever seen that one? No idea what you're talking about. Watch it after the pot. It's really good. At the end there, they say, at least we're not Detroit. So at least we're not Toronto. I don't know, man. Toronto's Toronto only lost one this us. weekend. <laughs> well, the we record only played once, but... counts, I guess. Yeah. Anywho, um, anything about this this past weekend before we talk about the week that will be? Hmm. I'm going to take silence as no. Week that will be. Uh, so we're going to see week. our bands, which is now a unified hero band, which means the hero bands that are applicable in the Overwatch League are applicable in the ladder, all that jazz. Um, we're no longer going to have six support band for us, you know, uh, plebs and just the regular, you know, one, two, one that we would see in Overwatch League. Uh, 
So Reinhardt, Widow, McCree, and Brig are banned. So uh, Farah is going to fly those friendly skies all weekend long. The other strange thing is that uh, the Overwatch League has decided to go and outright nuke the Paris <laughs> map out of the rotation, and Horizon Lunar Colony is not going to be included all that much. Like, apparently, like HLC is going to be like small percentage, so it might show up. It's under being, construction, in competitive, but not the league. I, I don't. I didn't quite understand how that was being positioned, but again, those changes took place. And then from a scheduling perspective, because obviously you need to go and uh, find venues to stream, I think. I don't know. We're going to see matches on Thursday and Friday again. <laughs> so kicking off the weekend on Thursday, we have the Atlanta Reign at the Washington Justice. This will be a 4 p.m. Pacific kickoff on Thursday, followed by a 6 p.m. match between the two L.A. teams, the Gladiators and Valiant. On Friday, we've got three matches, 4 p.m. Pacific, Florida Mayhem, Paris Eternal. Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, Boston Uprising at the Toronto Defiant. And then at 8 p.m., it's the Dallas Fuel and the San Francisco Shock. It's like we are reliving uh, something we've seen before. Now, from there, we then transition into Saturday, Sunday. So for those of us in North America, we don't really have to worry about watching anything unless we want to wake up late or uh, stay up uh, late. It is a 1 a.m., Match, Chengdu Hunters, Guangzhou Charge, and then 3 a.m., Shanghai Dragons, Hangzhou Spark. Nothing until Sunday at 1 a.m. when the Guangzhou Charge take on the Hangzhou Spark, and at 3 a.m. the Chengdu Hunters take on the Shanghai Dragons. So first and foremost, why do you think the Overwatch League has decided they needed to go back to this weird schedule of four days when they don't have as many matches? Like, it, like was there a problem with talent or production on the weekend, do you think? Like... That's possible. Like the the casters did look quite sleep deprived. Jake looked rough this weekend. Oh my god, he had such like dark rings around his eyes. (laughs) Like I don't blame them, but like it it was evident. Yeah, it's it's just again for something to be appointment viewing, you need to have consistent appointments. Like, you know, for us as a podcast, I was quite upset that last week, due to some technical issues, we could not have our podcast go live at noon Pacific on Wednesdays because consistency is what's king. People come to what they expect to be available when it was consistently available. The Overwatch League is bouncing around. Now, if this was like a logistical issue based on venues, I'd get it. But they're streaming online from a variety of different places, some from their homes, some from team houses, some from who knows where. So again, I would love to know the reason behind this and maybe the, the Overwatch League will share some of that information. Maybe we'll get to, you know, Pete Vestelica to come out with a video and they'll talk a little bit about that, but you know, transparency is just not something the Overwatch League yeah, is all that no, interested in. coming on the pod next week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for you to send that in- email out to invite him. As our, I can't spell you know, his last name, dude. Like, if it was just like Pete V at Blizzard, like, that's fine, but his last name, man, like, it's hard. Oh, well, I can't help you there. Anywho, uh, as far as the matches of the week that are concerned, uh, I failed to actually submit any because I completely forgot about it. So I would playing anyway. I uh, would, if I were to have chosen one, would have picked the Battle of L.A. And then I would have wanted to see the uh, match between the uh, Dragons and the Spark. 
I definitely don't want to watch Washington Justice. <laughs> but uh, he's on the record two, for that. <laughs> yeah, the two of you have picked the uh, Dallas Field San Francisco shock match for some reason. Well, like, it's going to be a good match. powerhouse. Dallas is not that atrocious this year. No, <laughs> that, that's I a compliment. The, I think the shock have figured things out though. Mm, yeah. Right. And I mean, sure, Super's not going to get in um, this week, but. I still think that again, their bench depth makes them the better team against the. Yeah, well, maybe we'll see Architect play another role in in uh, yeah. Tang. He can play anything, right? He played Diana this but year. But I as think, well. like from my memory, the shock versus the feel, you know, back in when people played in person, um, that was the best match of the season for me. From my memory, I haven't watched all of them, but from the ones I've watched, it's by far the best. Um, so who knows? It's a good rematch. Um, the other head scratcher for me, the two of you picked the charge hunters. I just want to see how you beat one of these unbeatable teams. Got to know your enemies. We were, we were in, right. We did not plan this precast. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, Omni went and picked the, uh, hunters dragons as well. He's not going to yeah. watch this match. He doesn't know if it's at two. He doesn't know if it's at four. He's going to watch the VOD later. <laughs> Oh, anyhow, I'm gonna, that, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna take notes for the podcast. <laughs> Great, we're gonna look forward to the five minute analysis of Shangdu versus Shanghai. <laughs> Good colors. Uh, That's the analysis. So those are your matches. Tune in Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Watch stuff. Come back later. But what you do need to do is on Friday night tune in and watch us. Who cares about the fuel shock match? <laughs> oh, that's true. Who definitely won't be watching? <laughs> Come and watch Team RSP versus Timberflint concepts. Um, what else has been going on in the Overwatch League? Well, the Boston Uprising have decided that they want to run a roster of like six players. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think it's seven, but they've released Swimmer. Now, they mutually agreed to release Swimmer, which the mutual part makes it sound a little nicer. <laughs> Both the Boston and the Uprising have decided that it's time. <laughs> but like, from a, we, we rag on the Titans for their depth. I get that Boston had a screwball toss their way with what sort of went on with, with Muffin, but I wonder what's happening there. I mean, it's, it's not good times. Uh, in the city of Boston. Uh, we already talked about the fact that uh, the Toronto Defiant uh, had a head coach retire. Uh, Fefe decided to hang up his, I don't know what the coaches use, headsets? Yeah. A stylus. He, uh, his stylus, yeah. So he is, he is retired, and they are electing to go with their existing coaching staff, although they have elevated Baroy up to strategic coach from, I think he was an analyst prior to that. Uh, we talked... Oh, Oops, sorry. I did who's not gonna, hear that. Who's going to be their head coach, or can we put in a resume? Uh, I think that it was, was <laughs> Ablis was, or Ablis, sorry. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I should just, apply. Maybe I should apply. Yeah, you should. Totally. Uh, really, you'll turn Go for it. Uh, we already mentioned as well, XE is on his way back to Korea to deal with uh, some neck issues. So there are still some, you know, player adjustments that are taking place. Oh, as maybe, far, in, maybe, um, What's his name? Oh, maybe FD God can now uh, wear his uh, jersey as well because he's been using Sparkles jersey <laughs> since the season started. Now you'll have two to shoot, to pick from. Uh, you know what's funny about Sparkle is it's almost May. He can almost play. <laughs> True. It feels so, like forever. He's the only guy happy about the quarantine. 
Speaking of quarantine, and this is the this one has me scratching my head. So the London Spitfire are in Korea. However, due to quarantine requirements, they won't be playing until May. Now, why this has me puzzled? How come the Vancouver Titans are able to play matches, but the London Uprising are not? Because they both went to Korea at the same time. Would they not have both been impacted by quarantine requirements? Or are they actually you playing? We don't fire, know. Right? Oh, did I say uh, Dynasty? You said Uprising. <laughs> they're still they're still in your minds for some reason. Yeah, no, London Spitfire. Sorry, London Spitfire. You remember how you said XQC got to create content for it for uh, the Titans? You can start his episode by they they went to Korea. All right, I'll stop now. <laughs> it's just again, I understand it's a crazy world that we live in right now, but it's like you have uh, teams that are just like the NYXL saying, "Yeah, we out, dog." Um, and they'll be back, but like they actually announce we're done. And then you have a team like the Spitfire who announced that, yeah, we're going to be there, but now we're in quarantine until May. And then you have the Seoul Dynasty who are like, well, we're in LA, but now we're peacing out. We're going to go to Seoul, but then we'll be back. Don't you worry. We just don't know when. And then you have the Vancouver Titans who just like up and left and they're like, yeah, we're in Korea. And hey, we're back. And oh, we don't play so well. And by the way, Hoxall, he's a Minecraft pro now. <laughs> So what you're saying is, of all those teams, the Titans are the most organized. I guess so, right? Definitely. (laughs) As far as the game we love, however, Echo is live. Echo went live in the last patch, and absolutely no one knows how to play her. I do. Left click, right click, E. You win. The the few times that I saw her in in production today playing, I so I, I was I was in arcade. I'm jumping in Mystery Heroes, and I'm like, oh, this is craziness. Like every time someone gets Echo, you can tell they would not have chosen her even if they were in damage queue. Uh, that didn't go well. So I'm like, I got to get out of this. I'm going to go into quick play. I go into quick play every single match. We have an Echo player who is con- like they're you obviously can tell that they they're like is she a tank like she's a big, <laughs> big sort of character with a hitbox that's the size of a hog um so obviously that means she has the health of a tank uh you've you've got people that don't know the the abilities whatsoever like let's lose use the beam they're full health <laughs> like i and i i think i might take a break from overwatch <laughs> maybe for a week or two if that's sort of the way things are, because I, you know, I queue when I queue in QP, I, I select all rules. Generally speaking, two thirds of the time I get tank, one third of the time I get uh, support. And if the game somehow screws up and puts three damage into a, a match, I get damage number three. I, it's frustrating. And I, I know that there's this, this desire to, learn characters but echo is just so different i think you've just forgotten how long it's been since we got a new character because i remember sombras flying around everywhere <laughs> back when there was no row queue it was like 6v6 sombra and then the one dude who had soldier like got trolled and, and raised and everything <laughs> well baptiste i mean baptiste people sort of understood that the, the struggle with baptiste was realizing the how to effectively use the disc but people knew baptiste was a support player 
and support players generally play, you know, in the back line. I get that if you're a support Moira and the occasional attack Anna, you play up front, but people didn't go and play Baptiste like soldier, even though at one point Baptiste was better than soldier. Yeah. Well, the Moira, you know, the goal of Moira is to get eight gold medals anyway. So <laughs> yeah, eight gold medals and uh, all the endorsements for, you know, for being sure. um, no, I, I, echo is really, really fun. I played her and I played her in competitive. I was brave. I, I actually like lost two and won two. I found her pretty easy to pick up, to be honest. Well, I, I like her. It's knowing the, it's, it's kind of like I'll use um, Doomfist. Like if you know how to play Doomfist, it's because you know how to play your abilities on cooldown. Oh, I don't know how to play Doomfist. No, but you know what I mean, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. He's, he's a, he is a combo character. Echo is True. maybe not as extreme of a combo character, but you need to know how to effectively use the abilities and where yeah. to sort of place your shots. Mm-hmm. Um, the struggle is, I th- it, like, I saw so many people playing her like she was a tank. Yeah, she's easy to pick. Yeah, it's so you you play like a tank, you die three times quicker than a tank. Like it's you got to play a whole a different play style. I'm not suggesting I know how to play Echo that well. I don't. I just would never pick her in damage. I mean, if I did, it's after I've somehow stumbled on her so many times in Mystery Heroes that I finally figured kind of. <laughs> What to use her for? But that that alt is so fun to use, so fun to use. You pick, I, I picked the hog on the opposing team. I, I, <laughs> you just take a whiff of his Q, uh, Q, healing. Q, Q. Oh my god, it's so fun. Yeah, especially when you outplay the other hog in front of you. The other uh, news that came out with Echo going live is the fact that she is the last hero we will see until the launch of Overwatch Two. Hmm. So. I thought we already knew that. Well, we 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 didn't we we knew, but we didn't know for sure. It wasn't it, essentially uh, Uncle Jeff confirmed it today. But the Activision Blizzard had not come out and said this is the last hero. I mean, they don't come out and say here's sort of the long term plan, heroes thirty eight to forty four or anything like that stuff. But we had a belief that this was the last thing we we're going to see to Overwatch two. But I think this goes to my point that Overwatch two is a possibility. Uh, come holiday season, hmm. I will we're concede. On, I'm getting more again. Well, yeah, okay, I will concede that the current state of the world now has me maybe questioning because we're seeing delays. Like Last of Us, uh, uh, two delayed. Like there are a lot of sort of games now being delayed, and if if you can't develop a game uh, offsite as as one, I would have presumed you could. Again, I. Obviously, don't know anything I'm talking about. Then I could totally see there being more delays for for Overwatch Two, and therefore we'll have to have an NBA episode. And I'll feel how will Light Force <laughs> host an NBA episode if NBA is not back? NBA got delayed too. Hey, if you were in Titans Court today, you understood that as a Canadian, I was the reason that the NBA canceled their season or put the season on hold or whatever. We'll just wait for basketball too. Like, can you imagine Light Force hosting an RSP episode about the NBA? Playing 2K on ESPN. I won't be surprised <laughs> by anything this year. <laughs> um, Man. The other thing the patch included outside of a few bug fixes is the fact that Tracer's blink is now more blinkable. 
<laughs> so what? <laughs> well, it used to be like when you'd use Blink, you could you, you would you'd potentially like click cor- clip a corner. It wouldn't go as yeah. far as you maybe expected. Um, essentially, you were it wasn't going through the environment as you would expect it to, and that was a learning curve. I've actually found when I played her today in in Mystery that having gotten used to the environmental sort of picks, I'm now almost over blinking. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's like when they change like Reinhardt, sometimes his charge when they make changes starts clipping the environment in strange ways. Like a small incline suddenly stops me. And depending on how long it takes for them to patch that I will adjust my play style. So then I'll go in charge expecting to be stopped. I don't, and suddenly light force is flying off the map because the distance I thought I was going to travel was not the same. Hmm. That's Anyhow. a nice way to take the blame from your decision. Whatever. I enjoy charging <laughs> off the map. If you've not flown Reinhard Air, True. you've just not flown. Reinair. There we are. Had a long winding episode. I've calmed down now. We're going to talk NBA at some point. I know it now. (laughs) End of days. Well, before we wrap up, I've been hinting towards this since the beginning of the show, but we wanted to make sure you listeners stayed till the end of the show. But I've been doing my research pretty much since Monday, and I've come up with the top five reasons the Hacksaw didn't play last week. Wrong answers only edition. So are you guys ready for this? We are ready. All right. Cue the music. Top five reasons Haxel didn't play last week. Wrong answers edition only. Number five is he got blessed with a Valorant drop and was grinding Sage all weekend. Number four, he's quarantining in a place with no Wi-Fi. Number three, he lost a planking bet with Solomon Sue and Stitch and therefore got cut. Number two, he owed Tom Nook too much money and spent the weekend picking up weeds. That's that's quite believable. Valid. Very valid reason. And number one reason that Haxel didn't play last week, wrong answers only. His mom grounded him from playing video games because he forgot to do his Kumon again. Can I get an explanation on that? You need an explanation on your mom grounding you? <laughs> for what did he miss there? Kumon. I forgot Kumon. So Kumon, for those that don't know, is uh is a I think it was originally a Japanese tutor service. Shout out to the kids listening to this that are doing their Kumon oh, okay. right now. <laughs> uh, but they do two things: math and English, and then you get workbooks. And uh, I don't think Haxall did his this week. That's a shame, yeah. Haxall. You know, yeah. Tom Nook's going to come after you too because he won't be able to pick yeah. weeds to pay off that debt. Exactly. I can add another speculate speculative reason. I always say that like uh Haxel is a so that Genji is a Haxel man, and I think in the Overwatch world, uh Haxel was banned in the hero pool. Mm. No, but if you guys have theories, let us know by pinging Chris, because we won't read the tweets. Let's be real here. <laughs> what is it at Ready Set Pwn? Am I stealing your job be, now? That would be how you find us on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook. There you go. You can also shoot an email, feedback at resetphone.com. I dropped the phone number so you can send us a text message, but again, the two of you will make fun of me. And then there's voicelink.fm slash resetphone. People are doing that nowadays. It's cool again, apparently. Like, we got celebrities <laughs> doing it. Um, 
who was the dude? The Blizzard CEO is dropping his phone number or something like that. Yeah, do the phone number. It's in now. <laughs> Dial it up with your finger. Like, how do you? Is there a name for those uh, the the phones that you actually spin that dial? Rotary, Rotary phone? phone. Rotary phone. Yeah, I forgot about that term. I'm impressed that I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm old enough to know that we used to have rotary home phones throughout the house. But whether you're using a rotary phone or not, the phone number to reach us is 604-609-3324. And for those calling go. internationally, it's country code one. That's how we'll get Pete's number. Yeah. And then I did was saying voicelink.fm slash ready set phone. That way you can just do it from whatever device you're on, your computer, your phone, your tablet, and uh, you can either drop us a message or drop us a uh, comment or two. But here we are wrapping up a long-winded episode where Chris got a little angry, Omni was Omni, and Sam listed off top five reasons, some of which we didn't understand. <laughs> But uh, what final words of wisdom do you have for all of our listeners there, boys? April 15th is the National Titanic Remembrance Day. Titanic. Get it? Get it? It sunk. It's it's one of those episodes, yeah. (laughs) Where where you have to explain your jokes. That's when you know it's a classic. Yeah, we're, we're channeling the Vancouver Titans weekend right now with this podcast episode. Hey. The only thing I have to tell everybody listening is don't be like Omni, do your Kumon homework. <laughs> and I'm just going to remind everyone to tune in to our hijinks this Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash ready, set, phone. It is Team RSV, or Team RSP, not RSV, Team RSP versus Timberland Concepts, where we're going to have a whole lot of Overwatch League fun. But on behalf of Sam at another Sam Chan, Omni at Omni Strafe, myself, Chris at Life Force. Thanks for tuning in to the Ready Set Poem podcast, where you can catch us talking about all sorts of stuff, whether you like it or not, each and every week. We might be back live on Twitch uh, next week, the week after. Who knows? But those magical two words you finally get to hear this episode catchphrase. Thank you.